Greetings from our garden here at St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning into this podcast and a very happy Easter to you all. Do please leave a comment or a like. It's always good to hear from you. And if you'd like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details in the accompanying text. And now may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. The risen Lord said to the disciples, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. is risen. It is a great delight to welcome you to St Bride's for our choral Eucharist on this, the second Sunday of Easter. Wherever you are in the world right now, and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel part of the St Bride's family. We now sit or kneel for our opening prayer. Let us pray. 
Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Let us therefore rejoice by putting away all malice and evil and confessing our sins with a sincere and true heart. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Let us therefore rejoice by putting away all malice and evil and confessing our sins with a sincere and true heart. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
Almighty Father, you have given your only Son to die for our sins and to rise again for our justification. Grant us so to put away the leaven of malice and wickedness that we may always serve you in pureness of living and truth through the merits of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. But God raised him up, having loosed the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will dwell in hope. For thou wilt not abandon my soul to Hades, nor let thy Holy One see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou wilt make me full of gladness with thy presence. Brethren, I may say to you confidently of the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants upon his throne, he foresaw and spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we all are witnesses. This is the word of the Lord.
A reading from the first letter of Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and to an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, which, though perishable, is tested by fire, may redound to praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Without having seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with unutterable and exalted joy. As the outcome of your faith, you obtain the salvation of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord. 
on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. The doors were shut, but Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless but believing. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. When reviewing this morning's readings, I found myself prompted to reflect on the nature of belief and then in turn on truth. Fairly weighty themes, where then to begin? But perhaps it'll be helpful if I share with you a recollection I have of a period during my own faith journey when the nature of belief became a prominent issue for me. We profess the Christian faith in the words of the creed, and that word is derived from the Latin credo, I believe. I wouldn't say I was fixated on the creed during this period of challenge, but it's a good illustration nevertheless. There were areas of life where I could confidently describe some personal beliefs and inclinations, but plenty of others where I'd only venture to do so very tentatively, and then plenty 
where I'd recognised that I really lacked sufficient understanding to form much of a view of what I believed. I realised that the views I had formed were shaped by my experience and that if I'd been born at a different time and place, those would likely be quite different. I found when I heard people of faith profess their beliefs that I would feel that eluded me. I would also find myself quite sceptical of what those people were actually claiming and it appeared obvious to me that different people professing belief didn't necessarily mean the same thing at all. I'd ask myself what people's beliefs were based on and what it might take for them to reevaluate or even reject them. In retrospect, as I look back to those questions that I grappled with, they all relate, I think, to questions of what belief is based on and how solid its foundations might be. Traditionally, whilst truth has been seen as something that exists externally, objectively, belief is formed, is internal and subjective. We seem to have departed from those traditional understandings in different ways. We often hear talk of truths, plural, that are multiple and various. There's both an assertion of my truth and more respect to those of others. This also extends to others' beliefs, at least in liberal secular society are much more likely to be defended as rights. Whilst the idea of objective truth is much less fashionable, conversely, scientific method is often taken to be the only lens through which we reasonably assess truth claims. And that's certainly been the case for me, and of course reflects my conditioning. In our Gospel reading, Thomas's understanding is really quite similar. He was a man ahead of his time. He needs to see and to touch the physical reality of the risen Christ, or belief is out of the question. Many of us share his predicament. What's reported, Jesus raising from the dead, is not consistent with our understanding of reality. It's a nice story at best, or at worst, a dangerous delusion. It doesn't fit within what is scientifically possible. We understand, of course, that science can't answer all of our questions, at least not yet, and some sorts of questions fall outside its scope or are simply illegitimate but it constrains our minds nevertheless. Malcolm Geith has written that St Thomas gives voice to questions that we often feel ourselves, and he gives, th he gives thanks in the following poem. We do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Courageous master of the awkward question, you spoke the words the others dared not say, 
and cut through their evasion and abstraction. O doubting Thomas, father of my faith, you put your finger on the nub of things. We cannot love some disembodied wraith, but flesh and blood must be our king of kings. Your teaching is to touch, embrace, anoint, feel after him and find him in the flesh. Because he loved your awkward counterpoint, the word has heard and granted you your wish. Oh, place my hands with yours. Help me divine the wounded God whose wounds are healing mine. Of course, while we give thanks for St. Thomas, we must also recognise Jesus' teaching. Blessed are those who have not seen, yet believe, he says. He points us to different ways of seeing. In our reading from Acts, Peter articulates an understanding of Jesus' life, death and resurrection rooted in the Jewish scriptures and their understandings of humanity and divinity. This is a very different foundation for belief based on where we come from, on our inherited understandings and experiences. Peter's message was at once profoundly challenging and profoundly comforting to his audience. The scriptures recount the repeated failures of the people of Israel and God's merciful response. The prophets foretold the coming of a Messiah, a Saviour, but the people imagined a rather smaller, more worldly victory, a victory over Roman occupation rather than sin and death. Peter proclaims to his audience Jesus Christ, the promised Saviour, whom they killed, whom we killed. It's very important here not to regard those who are responsible for Christ's death as other. That's the historical root of anti-Semitism and of other discrimination. Peter encourages all of us to recognise our culpability and yet that it is through Christ's death that we are redeemed. Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Where the book of Acts focuses on history, scripture and the traditions that define people, the first epistle of Peter focuses on living hope. It describes something of spiritual experience. This is another very different foundation for belief. The scriptures often adopt the metaphor of fire when describing the spirit. We may struggle to understand its promptings or direct its energies. Perhaps its flames are apparent to us only amongst our immediate family and friends, or in our attachments to where we live 
or even the teams that we support. But life in the spirit, if we have the courage to open ourselves, to tend its embers, is an invitation to a fullness of life. Though now, for a little while, we may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and to an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are guarded through faith. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory, to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come before you this morning with hearts full of gratitude for the resurrection of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. As we gather as a community of faith, we lift up our prayers knowing that you will hear us and help us. Gracious God, we pray for the Church of England, its leaders, ministers and congregations, both here at home and across the world. We pray especially for Alison, our rector, Jeff and Steve, our associate priests, and all who work to support St Brides. May they be filled with the power of the resurrection and the guidance of the Holy Spirit as they proclaim your gospel and serve your people. Grant them the wisdom and courage to faithfully follow your ways in the face of challenge and uncertainty. Lord, in your mercy... Hear our prayer. Loving God, we pray for those who, like Thomas, are experiencing doubt, fear or anxiety. 
Comfort them with your presence. Reassure them that they are not alone. And assure them of your unending love and faithfulness. Grant them the peace that surpasses all understanding and strengthen their faith in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the journalists who seek to inform, engage and inspire through their work. Protect them as they strive to report truthfully and responsibly. May they be guided by the principles of fairness and accuracy and through their work may they strive to remove doubt and fear and to promote justice and understanding in our world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, we pray for all who are suffering physically, emotionally or spiritually. Help us heal the sick, comfort the grieving and provide for those in need. Grant wisdom and skill to our medical professionals and caregivers and give them the compassion and strength to follow their vocations. May your love and mercy be a source of comfort and strength to all in need and those that love and care for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, we take time in silence to remember those known only to us who need your love and support. Gracious God, we pray for our communities in the world. Help us to live as people transformed by the message of Easter and the resurrection, showing love and compassion and forgiveness to one another. And merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers for the sake of, the sake of thy Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? The risen Christ came and stood among his disciples and said, Peace be with you. Then were they glad when they saw the Lord. Alleluia. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Let us pray. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. But chiefly we are bound to praise you because you raised him gloriously from the dead. For he is the true Paschal Lamb who was offered for us and has taken away the sin of the world. By his death he has destroyed death, and by his rising to life again he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
we do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. Lord God, our Father, through our Saviour Jesus Christ, you have assured your children of eternal life and in baptism have made us one with him. Deliver us from the death of sin and raise us to new life in your love in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, 
through the blood of the eternal covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ.